Uh, Father, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for your spirit who takes your word and who teaches us and who applies it to our lives, who uh, reminds us of who you are, uh, draws us closer uh, to, to you, uh, and makes us look more like Jesus. We thank you for that. And pray that your spirit would be here tonight. Lead us and guide us into all truth. Your word is truth. We thank you for it and pray for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Proverbs. Um, Here's some funny things. Well, I think these are funny. You might not think these are funny. But if you don't, you're wrong. So let me, I'll, I'll read you these. Here are some humorous modern-day proverbs. He who laughs last thinks slowest. (laughs) That's funny. The early bird may get the worm, but the second mouse gets the cheese. A clear conscience is usually the sign of a bad memory. If you think nobody cares, try missing a couple of payments. (laughs) Hard work pays off in the future. Laziness pays off now. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Never hit a man with glasses. Hit him with a baseball bat. (laughs) Oh, I have a sick mind. Inside every older person is a younger person wondering, what the heck happened? (laughs) Light travels faster than sound. That's why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. (laughs) Sound travels slowly. Sometimes the things you say when your kids are teenagers... Don't reach them until they're in their 40s. (laughs) Money can't buy happiness, but somehow it's more comfortable to cry in a Corvette than in a Yugo. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Well, that's not what these Proverbs are about. This book of Proverbs is a wonderful book, and it is about how to gain, how to get, how to cultivate wisdom in our lives. Uh, Cervantes said of, um, of a proverb, he said, it's a short sentence drawn from long experience. That's a really good definition, a short sentence drawn from long experience. Uh, Cervantes, talking about what is wisdom or what is a, a sort of a colloquial way to express what a proverb is a short sentence drawn from long experience. So this is a whole book on wisdom. Uh, Solomon, Agur, and King Lemuel are at least the ones credited with writing it. When it's generally accepted to be around 700 B.C. in final form. So there were probably, uh, there was probably some compilations going on. 
let's see. Where? Probably Jerusalem. Well, there's these, at least these three seem to be running around Jerusalem. In general, Proverbs puts expression to a prior confession that God is Lord of all. So, the beginning of, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, the idea of wisdom is going to begin with God, there's a confession that begins uh, these Proverbs. They almost all assume or presume that there is some relationship with God or not. They might also assume that there is no relationship with God. A proverb is chiefly a principle, but when it aligns with the character of God, it takes on the strength of a promise. It's generally a principle, but when it aligns with the character of God, you can virtually take it as a promise. This was one of the, you've, you hear stories when um, people have to do their doctoral orals. Um, I had to do mine to get in. And so they enjoy walking you out a limb. And then the next thing you hear is the sound of a saw. And there you go. <laughs> because they've walked you out the limb and they saw it off on you. So uh, the, one of the profs had asked me, he said, Proverbs 22.6. And I said, okay. And he said, first, let's begin, what is Proverbs 22.6? I said, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. And he said, is that a principle or a promise? Hmm. <laughs> I'm thinking, Proverbs are principles. This is a principle. So I say, this is a principle. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> he said, when it aligns with the character of God, you can take this as a promise. Great comfort that the way we trained up our children will indeed stick with them, even if right now it might not be. It will come back around. That's what it says. Train up a child on the way he should go or she should go, and when they are old or older, they will not depart from it. They will come back to it. So a great principle that's also a promise. Well, what's the purpose of Proverbs? Proverbs tells us, verse 2, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. So it's to learn from the wise, 3 and 4, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So Proverbs tells us up front what its purpose is. 
to learn from the wise, to live a discipline, to, to live a life disciplined by wisdom, to be enriched by gaining wisdom, and to build a life upon the solid foundation of Father Knows Best. Some of you are young enough to remember that was a TV show. Um, and if you haven't, you've probably heard about it. Father Knows Best. The wise take God into account in every decision. Fools, on the other hand, do not. Big difference between those who are wise and those who are foolish. So big idea for the book of Proverbs for if you were a Hebrew youth, your father and mother were teaching you about God and wisdom, they would have said, walk this way. Walk this way. Great... Um, you know, train up a child, this is the teaching them the way they should walk, how to walk wisely, not how to walk foolishly. So walk this way. Proverbs also assumes, Proverbs is helping to build a bridge from your home into the world because you're in your home, Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9, Remember Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9? Remember, you can't forget anything. Hear, O Lord, the Lord is one. Okay, the, the Shema. Remember that? And it tells, it told Israel how they were to train up their children. Speak about the law when you're standing up, when you're sitting down, when you're lying down. Always be talking about the Word of God in and around your children. That's, that was uh, Hebrew instruction. So what this is, it's assuming you're in a um, God-fearing home. The next circle you begin to have interaction with as a youth are your friends. And so Proverbs is going to help you navigate friendships. But it's building a bridge because eventually you're going to be in the world and you're going to plant your own household in the world. So it's Helping you build a bridge, Proverbs is helping you make that transition from your own home as a youth or a student into the world. Now remember in those days, you know, the, the instruction they had wasn't anything like what we have today. And so the, the bridge in certain ways might have been easier to build, um, but that's what they were trying to do with it. Uh, instruction began in the home. What Proverbs is trying to do is launch you and establish you into a home where wisdom is prized and kept at the center. So, its wisdom was to help you in character, conduct, relationships, and work. That's the bridge Proverbs is trying to build. Now, the first few chapters of Proverbs are actually sort of a story. And if you got to read all 31 chapters, the chapter 10 is where the, it changes. So 1 through 9 is telling us a story. Basically, it's telling us of a son's journey down life's path. There's a destination to reach, life, blessing, and godliness. And there are dangers along the way. There are two, these other two sources of uh, instruction or counsel are 
portrayed as women, one called wisdom and one called folly, and they constantly call out to the pilgrims who are passing. Wisdom, uh, as we're going to see, is also portrayed as a woman who's calling out. She has wisdom to offer. And folly uh, is also there, and folly brings death and self-destruction. So the, the student, the son, or you could insert daughter, is walking down the path, and these various voices are calling out to him or to her, come and listen to us. And, excuse me, listen to us and do what we tell you. So is wisdom. Wisdom is also calling out, saying, here's the way you should walk. Don't go that way. Don't listen to them. Go this way. So that's sort of the story, at least in the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs. The son must learn to follow wisdom's counsel. Unlike the fool, if you read Proverbs, you ran across all the, you know, there's wisdom and there's the fool and there's all these different players. The fool is dull and stubborn, pursuing his own course through life and feeling no need for wisdom. The simple, that's a naive person, lacking discernment. He's easily led astray by folly, stumbling into trouble. Unlike the mocker, who is haughty and self-confident, he directs his own life, even scoffing at God's wisdom, but eventually to his own self-destruction. He must become wise. He needs to learn how to listen to wisdom, learn from others, obey what he hears, store up what he learns, flee from folly and sin, watch his words, and work diligently at his job every day. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Avoid the fool and the simple and the mocker and just follow wisdom. And so the sun is going to set out on this journey. And so, here he goes. In chapter 1, we've just been talking about the purpose of Proverbs and then the Father's um, exhortation, speaking on his behalf and behalf of his mother. Uh, What you learn from from us, verse 9, will crown you with grace and be a chain of honor around your neck. And he tells them then to watch his step, basically. Uh, And then verse 20, wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons? Will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. 
I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh when you are in trouble, and I will mock you when disaster overtakes you. And in chapter 1, it's, it's a warning. So here's the purpose of Proverbs. The father is saying, listen to me and listen to your mother. It'll go well for you. If you don't, bad things could happen. And so chapter 1 begins a section on the benefits of wisdom. And chapters 2, 3, and 4 talk about wisdom and life. So, for example, um, chapter 1, verse 33. But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. Chapter 2, verse 9, then you will understand what is right, just, and fair, and you will find the right way to go. Uh, let's look at another one here. Chapter 4, 23 to 27. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. So talking about wisdom and life to the youth. Chapters 5 and 7 then talk about folly and self-destruction. So let's look at uh, 5, 22, and 23. An evil man is held captive by his own sins. They are ropes that catch and hold him. He will die for lack of self-control. He will be lost because of his great foolishness. Do you know anybody, I hope you don't, who thinks they control sin? No, 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 I can do that because it doesn't affect me in a bad way. It doesn't hurt anyone else, and I just do it. The Scripture says those are ropes that are binding that person, holding them captive. He can't escape. However he or she wants to spin it, they're ropes that are holding them in place. So folly and self-destruction. Let's see. Let's read another one. Six, six through eleven. Uh, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. <laughs> Learn from their ways and become wise. Though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work, they labor hard all summer, gathering food for the winter. But you, lazy bones, how long will you sleep? When will you wake up? A little extra sleep, a little more slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit. Scarcity will attack you like an armed robber. True? Folly and self-destruction. So the son is walking along a path, he's being taught 
how to apply wisdom in life, and he's also being warned about the dangers of folly and self-destruction. Chapter 8, by the time we get to chapter 8, he's learning about pursuing true wealth. So uh, chapter 8, verse 1, listen as wisdom calls out, hear as understanding raises her voice. So now wisdom is calling out to the student. Let's go to verses 10 and 11. Choose my instruction rather than silver and knowledge rather than pure gold. For wisdom is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Reminding us of what the importance of gaining wisdom, how valuable wisdom is. It can't be compared with anything. Some of you are, are just now old enough, I think. Um, uh, when I was younger, I really, 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 um, if you only get one spiritual gift, mine is not teaching. Sorry. You've had to endure a lot. I always wanted the gift of teaching. If you only get one. Uh, mine is a gift of administration. That's just what I do. I solve problems. So I don't have the gift of teaching, but I love the Bible and I love to teach it. So probably most of the time it's somewhat right. I don't know. That was a joke. <laughs> Man, if I have to prompt you about what's funny. See? Now I don't even remember what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I really, I'm like, Lord, I really, really, really want the gift of teaching. I really, really want it. Do you know what I want now? Now, the Lord won't give it to me. <laughs> but do you know what I really want now if I got one spiritual gift and nothing else? I would want discernment. That's what... <laughs> That's what's being cultivated here. In talking with people and relationships and situations and circumstances, I need, I don't necessarily need to be a teacher. What I need is discernment because every person and every situation is just a little bit different and you're looking for a formula to apply and it doesn't quite work that way. And I think, oh Lord, what a blessing to have people in our body who have the gift of discernment, how valuable that is. But when I was younger, eh, yeah, discernment, whatever. As you get a little bit older, you go, mm, that discernment is so important and so key. I think that's some of what these verses are talking about. Wisdom and discernment is far more valuable than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with it. Agreed. Agree, Lord. <laughs> Agree. So pursue true wealth. Chapter 9, he says, pursue true life. So let's, let's look at chapter 9, verses 10 through 12. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. 
I hope you never have to sit by somebody's bed who's dying and they know why they're dying. And they are filled with regret because they scorned wisdom. They were not wise. So the son, it would work equally well for a daughter. Pursue not only true wealth, but pursue true life. You don't want to reach the end of your life. We're all going to have regrets anyway by the time we reach the end of our life. You don't want a a big pile of them, (laughs) a pile of regrets. So pursue true life. Chapter 10, then, is insight into labor. So now we switch. We're kind of out of the story mode, and we flip. So if you'll look at your title, the heading above chapter 10, it probably changed. The top of chapter 10, right above uh, your chapter heading. Uh, Mine says the Proverbs of Solomon. Yours might say something similar to that. So now we're getting into what is a more traditional proverb. We've had the story of the son leaving and learning how to live life by wisdom. Now there's just a compilation of things that were grouped. They're actually grouped together. So chapter 10 is insight into labor, prosperity, and wealth. So chapter 10, verses 4 and 5. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. A wise youth harvests in the summer, but one who sleeps during harvest is a disgrace. When was this written? Oh, I don't know, let's say 700 B.C.? Not much has changed, actually. Uh, Hard work is important. How do we continue to live out hard work in our own lives, but how do we teach other generations, the coming generations, about um, hard work? Uh, Let's see. Let me see if there's another one here. 10, 19. Oh, Oh, I love this one. Actually, I don't like this one. Chapter 10, verse 19. Too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> That's just a great one. Uh, let's see, one more in chapter 10, verse 26. Oh, this is so good. Uh, most of you have supervised people somewhere in your career. Uh, lazy people irritate their employers. Like vinegar to the teeth. Are you tasting vinegar right now? Vinegar to the teeth or smoke in the eyes. Isn't that great? I mean, this is not great, what it's talking about, but aren't those great? Vinegar to the teeth. It just makes my mouth wrinkle up. And then think of smoke in your eyes. That's what... A lazy person who is employed is like to their employers. You say, how how do you get them to know this? Yeah, wish I had the answer for that. You read them this book. Uh, Let's see, chapter 11. On the natures and destinies of the righteous and the wicked. So chapter 11 one through four. The Lord detests the use of dishonest scales, but he delights in accurate weights. 
pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. Is that what our culture values? Say no. You would be correct. Honesty guides good people. Dishonesty destroys treacherous people. Riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. Uh, The godly are directed by honesty. The wicked fall beneath their load of sin. Just some natures and destinies of, of the righteous and the wicked. Chapter 12, gaining discernment for dealing with others. Remember, we're talking about how do we go from home, we start branching out into friends, and maybe even people we're beginning to work with. So sort of that next ring out, gaining discernment for dealing with others. So chapter 12, let's look at 14 and 15. Wise words bring many benefits, and hard work brings rewards. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. So true. So true. The wise are always trying to get wiser. If you want to know if a person is more wise than more foolish, um, if you ever have correction for them, a wise person says, pulls out a a pad of paper or something, or these days they type it into their phone, and they say, is there anything else that I could learn from you? They continue to want to learn and to grow and to change. Someone who's more foolish is going to say, yeah, what do you know? Gaining discernment for dealing with others. Let's see, chapter 12, 18 or 24, 18. Mm. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. 24. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. Such good stuff. Chapter 13. Take note, things aren't always as they seem. What a great thing for Proverbs. Chapter 13, verse 3. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. (laughs) Oh, that's good. 13, let's see, let's look at 11. Wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Um, I don't know the most recent uh, statistics on those people who win the lottery. And, and maybe you, someone out here has. Great, good for you. But the statistics for people who win the lottery, do you know what happens within two to three years of them winning the money? It's gone. Why? Wealth from quit, get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears. Wealth from hard work grows over time. Mm. Let's see, 13, that was, what was that, 11? Uh, how about 13? 13. 
Mm. People who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who respect a command will succeed. Chapter 14, important lessons with a little humor. This is a great one. Chapter 14, verse 4. Without oxen, a stable stays clean. But you need a strong ox for a large harvest. Now, assume for a moment that the writer of Proverbs, let's say this is Solomon, is not talking about oxen. He's talking about people. <laughs> what do you learn from Solomon in the form of a proverb? People who work, let's just say people who work for you or you work alongside, guess what everyone does and leaves behind? Poop. Everyone leaves poop when they're working. When the poop becomes bigger than the work they're doing, it's time for the oxen to go. You're like, what? Yeah, proverb, so good. He's talking about people and work, not oxen. People do leave poop in the stall. You just got to accept it. If you're a young person, you're saying, oh my gosh, I just got people who started working for me. Learn this well. People leave poop in the stall, every single one of us. It's when the poop in the stall becomes bigger than the work they're doing that you got trouble. You need to fix that. Oh, so funny. Important lessons with a little humor. That's so good. Chapter 15. Look, we're almost halfway done. How the wise teach as well as how they receive instruction. Chapter 15, let's say verse 5. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. If you're still working, have you ever gone to your supervisor and said, how can I improve? And don't give me, I don't want um, platitudes. I, d I don't want, um, you know, well, you could um, mm, type faster. You know, some, I don't know. Say, no, 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 no. What could I really do? Really push, really dig. See if you can't have them come up with something. The wise are ready to receive instruction because it helps them to grow. Uh, let's see, 14. What's in 14? 15, 14. A wise person is hungry for knowledge while the fool feeds on trash. We won't talk about television in this one, okay? Oh, no one's laughing. Sorry. Am I meddling now? Evidently. Uh, let's see. 22, 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice. Many advisors bring success. Uh, 33. Fear of the Lord teaches wisdom. Humility precedes honor. 
So how the wise teach as well as how they receive instruction. 16, chapter 16. Remember this, God is sovereign. 16, 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen truths about family life and relationships. Uh, so let's look at verse nine. Love prospers when a fault is forgiven, but dwelling on it separates close friends. What does First Corinthians thirteen tell us we're to do if we love our spouse? Or we love a friend. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Let's see. 18.24. There are friends who destroy each other, but a real friend sticks closer than a brother. I know you all know there are people in your life who are not related to you who are actually closer to you than if you have brothers or sisters. Uh, 1919. Hot tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you will have to do it again. It is so true. Some of you need to hear that. Okay, I'm batting a thousand tonight. This is not really good. I'll say it again. That was a joke. Man, I'm going to have to get better jokes. So there are truths about family life and relationships. Then chapter 20 through halfway through chapter 22, warnings about making wrong decisions. So let's look at 20 verse 4. Those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Uh, let's see. 21.3. The Lord is more pleased when we do what is right and just than when we offer him sacrifices. Let's see. 21. 13, those who shut their eyes to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. Wow. Uh, 22, 3, a prudent person foresees danger and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. So warnings about making wrong decisions. Let's see. Then the second half of chapter 22 through chapter 24 is wisdom for successful living. Let's look at 22:29. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. 
23, 17 through 18. Don't envy sinners, but always continue to fear the Lord. You will be rewarded for this. Your hope will not be disappointed. 30 through 34. Oh, yeah, that's a horrible one. You can read that one on your own. Wisdom for Successful Living, um, he talks about the person who spends long hours in taverns and um, doesn't seem to learn from his mistakes. Chapter 25 through 29, then, is Hezekiah's collection. And he's got, first, royal etiquette. We all need to pay attention to this one because this is royal etiquette. 25, let's look at 18 and 19. This, this one is, this is real. I don't know why this is royal etiquette, but I guess it kind of falls into that. Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Putting confidence in an unreliable person in times of trouble is like chewing with a broken tooth or walking on a lame foot. Great Proverbs. You ever said to somebody, you didn't maybe lie about them, but you said, oh, I was just kidding. I was just kidding about that. But there might have been just a kernel of something in that little jab that then you said, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. It's as harmful as hitting them with an axe, wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Twenty-five, uh, let's look at 20, uh, 25. Interpersonal relationships. Oh, that's the one we were just reading, not royal etiquette. Phew. Royal etiquette. Oh, yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see. Nah, there's not one I want to read in there. Interpersonal relationships, uh, 20, 25, 28 through 26, 28 is dealing with difficult people. 25, 28, this is a good proverb. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. Let's see, 25, 28, 26, 28, let's see. <laughs> oh, 26, smooth words may hide a wicked heart just as a pretty glaze covers a clay pot. That's so good. 
Chapter 27, Faithfulness in Love and Friendship. 27, 6. Wounds from a sincere friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. You say, well, what does that look like? Uh, probably 15 years ago, I received a letter, not anonymous, the person wrote their name, um, about one of our staff members. And it was not, a, the letter kind of went something like this. Um, they were talking about this particular staff person and said, um, I know that you, and really this, I'm kind of not making this up, you are really the smartest person on the whole entire staff and you know about that person. You're not fooled by them. You're not deceived by them. You're not taken in by them. I know and trust you. I don't know who this person is. What are they doing? All the time, they're driving the knife in about this other staff member, which was absolutely, totally false. Okay? Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. This particular individual is trying to, right? He's trying to kiss me so that I'll believe him, so that I would do what he wanted done. I didn't immediately think of this proverb, but it didn't take very long. I went, ooh, wow, that's an example of what that proverb looks like and feels like. It was horrible. Uh, let's see, what was that one? 26, no, is that 26? Or was that 27, 6, 27? Yeah, that's what it was, 27, 6. Okay, 28... And 29 is the need for law. So 28, 2. When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But wise and knowledgeable leaders bring stability. How should we be praying for this November? For wise and knowledgeable leaders. As God sees... Wise and knowledgeable leaders. That's what we need to be praying for. Let's see, what was that? 28.2. 28.4. To reject the law is to praise the wicked. To obey the law is to fight them. To reject the law Uh, some of you have been in class before know one time I was driving into a seminary class and my, I passed my professor. He, he was driving down the same street and I happened to pass him. Uh, we got to class and he asked us to open our Bibles to Romans 13, which talks about obeying the state. And he said... I'm on my way to class. I was doing the speed limit. And one of you passed me. Therefore, not doing the speed limit. <laughs> you were exceeding the speed limit. 
I'm like, holy. And I thought, okay, that's the end of it. Phew. And he said, you need to understand from Romans 13, that is sin. God has put government in charge of us, and government has decided that's the speed limit on that road. If you decide not to obey the speed limit, you are doing this not only to the government, but to God. I dropped the class. I couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> I didn't really. I didn't really. You laughed at that one. Okay. All right. Good. Didn't have to explain that one at least. Horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Those are, when you say to reject the law is to praise the wicked. Do the wicked like God? No. When I break the speed limit, which happens from time to time, um, I am praising the wicked. Mm. To obey the law is to fight them. I've got to read another one. That one is way too convicting. 28.7. Young people who obey the law are wise. Those with wild friends bring shame to their parents. 14. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. True. The need for law. Chapter 30. The sayings of Agur. Now, he's the son of Jaka. That'll be on the final. <laughs> Chapter 30, let's look at 7 through 9. He, he speaks in the beginning. He's speaking to God. And then in verse 7, 8, and 9, he asks God something. He says, Oh God, I beg two favors from you. Let me have them before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may deny you and say, Who is the Lord? And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Things he was asking God for. Wise things he's asking God for. Chapter 31. We have the sayings of King Lemuel. Uh, and that's uh, a very famous proverb. The second half is a very famous part of chapter 31. Um, and these are things, the sayings of King Lemuel contain this message which his mother taught him. And so this is what he learned from his mother. Again, it's another warning for, um, about drinking. Um, he also learned from her to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and helpless and see that they get justice. And then he spends the second half of 
chapter 31, as my wife said, making her feel guilty and ashamed for all of her entire Christian life. <laughs> I don't think that's why he wrote it. <laughs> I think he was um, praising, um, praising wives. And I've reminded my wife that she is many of these things all the time. Uh, she's a great woman. So, point, walk this way. What are some general truths we can learn? In general, Proverbs reminds us of two things. First, we can pick our choice or we can pick our consequence, but we can't pick both. Mark Bailey describes it as a stick. When you pick up the stick, you pick up both ends. One end of the stick is your choice. The other end of the stick is the consequence that goes with that choice. Now, if you make the choice, then you take the consequence that goes with it. If you say, hmm, I know what consequence I would prefer, and that doesn't have to mean bad, it can mean good, you know the consequence you want, so then you make the appropriate choice. Proverbs reminds us you don't get to pick, make your choice and pick your consequence. It doesn't work that way. A choice comes with a consequence. Those two are hooked together. Second, those who aren't in submission to the Lord cannot be biblically wise. Chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Those who do not have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ have an, a bigger problem that needs to be solved before they gain wisdom. First step of wisdom, though, is to rightly get related to the Lord. Some big themes in Proverbs, um, I'll just give you a couple of them. Laurie, in your notes, has included a sheet or two that lists a whole bunch of things with the different Proverbs. Might be a good resource for you. Here are some big themes. Unless it's righteous, avoid anger. The tongue like talking too much, talking too soon, telling lies, flattery, quarreling, exaggerating, making and keeping peace, learning patience, being kind, demonstrating goodness, faithfulness, gentleness to all, and exercising self-control are all big themes in Proverbs. You'll find them in more detail on those uh, sheets that Laurie made up for you. So the story of Proverbs is the son must learn to follow wisdom's counsel. Unlike the fool, so he does not want to become the fool, dull and stubborn, pursuing his own course through life and feeling no need for wisdom. He must avoid becoming the fool. He does not want to become like the simple, naive, and lacking discernment, someone who's easily led astray by folly and stumbles into trouble. He doesn't want to become the mocker, haughty and self-confident. He directs his own life, even scoffing at God's wisdom, eventually to his own self-destruction. Instead, he must become wise and learn to listen to wisdom, learn from others, obey what he hears, store up what he learns, flee from folly and sin, 
Watch his words and work diligently at his job every day. When you read the book of Proverbs, you are engaging with others who are wiser than yourself. You can learn from the people in the book of Proverbs, Solomon, Agur, and King Lemuel. They are people who are wiser than we are, so we can learn from them. Applications for believers. Are you walking toward wisdom? Do you listen and seek her instructions? Do you learn from the experience of others? Do you obey what wisdom says to do? Are you storing up her treasures? Is your first response to folly and sin to flee? Are you watching your words? Are you working diligently at your job? This is how someone who's rightly related to God through faith lives out every aspect of their life, every facet of their life. They're teachable, obedient, thoughtful, and diligent from the book of Proverbs. For next week, we're going back to Kings. So read 1 Kings 5 through 9, and we'll pick that up next week, which is February something. One, two, three, fourth. February 4th. We'll do 1 Kings 5 through 9. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you. Thank you again for your word. It is truth. It is wisdom. We can learn from it. Please remind us, encourage us by your spirit to get into your word, to stay in your word, to meditate on your word, to linger with it, to be delighted with your word. Uh, Keep it from becoming just uh, an exercise that we do, a box to check, something that we are hardly even engaged in, uh, but we're doing it for some kind of, um, I don't know what. I know when I do it, I don't know why I'm doing it. Um, Help me to be engaged with your word and to learn from it and to become wise. We love you. We thank you for these things. We pray your spirit would be active in our lives this week. Draw us into your word and to yourself, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.